let's go into quarter three here, guys. As you know, quarter three is main topics within the NFL here. So we're going to kick it right off. You know, we have all the playoff teams. I've asked the guys to kind of in one sentence describe what they expect from each of these teams. Um, So we got Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, Houston, Cleveland, Miami, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Dallas, Tampa, Philly, L.A., and Green Bay. Um, We're just going to quickly go through this, and then at the end, um, you know, ask the guys if they want to talk about one specifically or one comment that one guy said, or if David says anything out of the box like sometimes he does, maybe we'll take a second and go over that. Um, (laughs) But we'll go ahead and start. We'll go Dom, David, myself. Um, We'll go down the list real quick. Um, We'll go ahead and start with Baltimore. I expect this team to be one of the, I guess, most physical teams, uh, especially the AFC. Um, But I don't know how far they're going to go. I feel like they're, they may be the number one seed right now, but I feel like, feel like they they may get got in the the second or third round of the playoffs. I think that they will be gone in the second round of the playoffs. Dang. Okay. All right. Um I think they're capable of winning it all. I do. All right. Buffalo Dom. Exceeding expectations. Um I feel like the expectations for this team have varied a lot this year. The gate they came into this year high expectations. Everyone thought that they would be one of the contenders in the AFC. Then they collapsed, and everyone thought, "Oh, are they even going to make the playoffs?" So now they kind of fought their way back in. I feel like their expectations are kind of low. Um, I think they're expected to beat the Steelers, but I don't think they're expected to get past that. But I think they'll get pretty far. I think that they'll shock everyone in the playoffs, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they got eliminated in the wild card or second round. Okay. I agree with you guys saying my sentence for them was, I think they're going to continue to fight and prove people wrong. So um, I think that just goes back to that comment of, I think everybody had kind of written them off seven weeks ago and uh, and now they're here. (laughs) All right. Kansas city, Dom. I think they'll be very disappointing. I think a lot of the struggles that we've seen them have this regular season, they're not going to get fixed in one week. And I think they'll beat Miami, but I don't think they'll get past the second round. I think that they'll lose to Miami and lose in the wild card. But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't make it past the second, if they somehow did. Uh, My sentence for them was, uh, this is not their year. You know, I think... uh... I think they do have a good chance of getting past Miami because Miami can't beat anybody good. But I think after that, they are very beatable by the rest of the field. Um, I just I just think they need to go back to the drawing board and, and retool and rebuild around Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah. All right, Houston, Dom. Happy to be here. Um, Happy to be here. <laughs> Well, I I don't mean that in, in a demeaning way. Like, nobody expected them to be here. Nobody expected C.J. Stroud to be as good as he's been. Um, you know, the, the like I said earlier, everyone thought maybe two or three years from now they'd be a team contending for, for the playoffs. So the fact that 
they've exceeded expectations as greatly as they have. You know, the the fact that they're in the playoffs is is a miracle. And like I said, the, the future is bright for this team, but you know, just happy to be here, uh setting the foundations for building a winning culture. I think that the world's not big enough for two Cinderella stories to be in the same playoff. And we'll see which one will be successful, Cleveland or Houston. I like that, the two Cinderella stories. I would argue there might be three Cinderella stories, depending on how you view the Rams. But uh, but yeah, we'll talk about them later. Um, for me, my sentence was uh, CJ, William Anderson, and D'Amico Ryans will show us what this franchise has to look forward to over the next 10 years. You know, I don't think anybody expects them to win the championship like Dom said. But I expect them to fight. I expect them to be good. And if they do find themselves in a Super Bowl, I don't know if they really want to fight the dog that that is this team. Um, because they've just been they've been able to find ways to win this year. And and CJ has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league as a rookie. And that is something that uh is pretty scary. So all right, guys, here's your team. Dom, Cleveland. I think they will will be, especially on defense, one of the most physical and determined teams in the playoffs. Um, you know, with everything that has gone against them this year, uh, to be on their fourth quarterback, to be in the situation that they're in, um, I think this offense has looked significantly better over the last, well, since Flacco has been the starter. Um, and the defense, arguably the best defense of the league. You can make an argument for the Ravens being the best defense, but um, I think this team can beat any team in the AFC. They have a very good shot of making it all the way to the Super Bowl and possibly even winning it. Um, I, my sentence for them was they need to continue to, you know, define the odds, beat the odds. I think everything is stacked against them. You know, Flacco's their, you could basically say he's their fourth string quarterback. Um, they have injury after injury after injury. I think that what has been able to transpire there is something of a miracle. Um, but if they want to make it to Super Bowl, if they want to win a Super Bowl with this roster, they have to, they have to continue to beat what's stacked against them. At some point, you would think that it'd be too much, but it hasn't, and uh, and that is that is what's scary. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. It it should be a fun team to watch. Um, Miami, Dom, disappointment. They'll be out in the first round, maybe second if they're lucky. For me, I just said they will show us again how they are fraudulent. You know the the Chiefs is a team that they should beat. Like, not saying that they're a bad team, but it just, the Chiefs really haven't shown us much of anything this year. I know their defense is all right, but th- this is a team that, that the Miami Dolphins should beat, and because they should beat them, they won't. <laughs> That's just how it works. Um, all right, last team in the AFC here, Pittsburgh. Dom? Happy to be here? Question mark? Question Big question mark? mark? because like obviously you know you want to be in the playoffs you want to be competing for a super bowl but also you i think you have to really take a look at the the state of this team and you know you look at them you're like 
are you really a playoff team? Like, I, I get the defense, you know, arguably top 10 defense in the league, right? But you look at their their offense, especially the quarterback situation, um, with not knowing who their starter is at. Like, did Townley announce that, that Rudolph is going to be the starter? Um, Either way. I don't know. I can't yeah, imagine it, why it, he wouldn't be. But Exactly. Um, you know, the... You're you're happy to be competing for a Super Bowl and in the playoffs, but also I think you have to to really take a realistic look at this roster and think, you know, you need a massive restructuring on offense. And you know, know being in the massive. playoffs. I just think you need a quarterback. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. I mean the the other All right, thing... well that that's still that's just inserting a new quarterback isn't going to fix all your problems because you, you it's not always just plug and play like it's Madden. Um, you know, you have to find a guy that's a good fit for the system. You have to find guys that are a good fit for the quarterback. Um, so that could entail a massive overhaul of the offense. But the further that you get in the playoffs, the further back you are going to be picking in the first round, which means the likelihood of you picking a top quarterback, you know, I mean, it's already zero. You're in the playoffs. You're going to be picking late first round. Um, so happy to be competing, but also – Kind of wish you had a higher draft pick. <laughs> I think that they should be asking themselves, how are we here? Considering That's what I we <laughs> had Matt Canada as our offensive coordinator and no real quarterback. Granted, you could kind of say the same thing about Cleveland, considering that we were on four different quarterbacks. But at least with Cleveland, you can argue... They have a really good defense. They just need a quarterback to make their throws. Yeah, I mean, my my statement was was how are we here? You know what I mean? How are they here? Like I, I think um, like like Dom said, I I don't I do think Cleveland has probably the best defense in the league, but I don't think the Steelers' defense is is that far off. Joey Porter Jr. has had the best, um, like I don't know what you would call the stat, but catch percentage for wide like he he has been the most productive cornerback within the league since he started um you know you have tj Watt who had led the league in stacks um he's led the league in pretty much almost category he's been top five in almost every category that matters for pass rushers that defense in general and pass rushing is is just top in the league anyway so I do think that defense, like Dom said, is top ten. I think if they weren't on the field as much at the beginning of the season you're talking about maybe even a top five defense. Um, the other thing that I don't think people talk about a lot is for whatever reason, this like Mason Rudolph surgeons, like I think he's like 71.2 in QBR, which is good for like fourth among quarterbacks in the league right now. I know he only started like three or four games, but um, he's like right on pace with like Dak and Brock Purdy. Um, so it's like a very weird thing. And I think his like completion percentage is like 80 or 90% or something like that. Like, it's just like a weird, a weird thing. Like he stepped in and like all of a sudden he just kind of was good. Um, not good, but like, I mean, did Miles Garrett knock some sense into him a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Four years, four years later, (laughs) it was a much delayed effect. No, no, I I, I think. I just We've think seen it's quarterbacks a, come in and play good for two games and then fall off, you know? Well, I mean, to, like, well, I know. And, like, I mean, we can make the same comment about, like, Joe Flacco and everybody's putting him in a different category. So I'm not I'm not saying that he's as good as Joe Flacco ever was. But 
I think he's just managing the offense better than the other guys were. I mean, this is a guy who's been in the league for four or five seasons. You know what I mean? So like he has that, that veteran presence, I guess that, that the other two on the roster don't, you know what I mean? He had the ability to play under big Ben for what, three or four seasons. So I think, um, I think that that, that matters. Um, but no, I, I, again, like kind of what David said, I had a, how how are they here? Like, you know what I mean? This is a team that that shouldn't be here. I, I think what they're three years in a row where they're negative point differential and they're in the playoffs right now. And I think this is a testament of of Mike Tomlin and how good of a head coach he actually is. But like Dom said, I mean, how how much do you want to be middle of the road every single year and just be like, yeah, it's cool. Everybody's like oh, how did you get here? Like, oh, you're in the playoffs. You always have a winning record, but you're not going anywhere. You're not going to, like, Mason Rudolph's not going to win you a Super Bowl as much as I would want him to. He's just not. So, like, you need you need a quarterback, and you're not going to get a quarterback at pick 20. Like, that's just not how it works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, and, and one's not going to fall in your lap. You know what I mean? I, I It might. Maybe the Bears will do another shitty trade with you where they give you Justin Fields for, like, nothing. Um, but that's just not how it works all the time. So like, it's just, that's just not how it works. Why, why the bears just catch a stray like that? Because they gave us a second the, round. The trades for, that they've made over the last couple of years, like they gave they're, us, they're in a pretty they good gave spot. Us a second round pick for chase Claypool, which turned out okay. to be a first round draft pick. Okay, so I said, well, I said, that. I said, do another shitty trade with us. Right. So they had done one in the past. So I'm not out of the realm of what I was saying. Right. You know what I mean? Come on. But I don't know enough about the Steelers. They're not going to do anything anyway. San Francisco, Dom, what's your one sentence? High expectations, but potential disappointment. I think very high expectations for very good reasons but we'll see if they can actually live up to them. I just I just wrote they they are capable of winning it all. I think I think between them and Baltimore they're very capable of winning it all. But I do think that along with Baltimore San Francisco is beatable. Um I don't think they're as invincible as they might want to be or what people think they are. Um but when they're playing at their best, I just don't know if there's a team that can beat them other than maybe Baltimore. So that will be, that'll be the question. Uh, Dallas, Dom. This is the year? Question mark? <laughs> um, you know, as much as I have, you know, given Dallas a hard time and they're, they're always, a, they're always the team that has high expectations, and never lives up to it. Um, this team to me seems different. Um, I think Dak is probably playing at the best level that we've ever seen him play. Um, C.D. Lamb is on a whole other level right now. And this defense is up there with some of the best defenses in the league. And you look at, you know, the the NFC right now, and I think their only real competition is San Francisco. And I think that would be a hell of a game that I, I would really love to see. And I I could see Dallas winning that game. I think that while every team has a shot at winning the Super Bowl, I think that they're kind of like the New York Yankees and the most recent 
LA Dodgers teams that they'll they'll probably make it to the Super Bowl or to the NFC Championship and either lose at the NFC Championship or in the Super Bowl, one of the two. I put they will find a way to ruin this opportunity. Um, it just, it, I, I don't know what it is, but I know that Jerry Jones really wants to win a championship before, you know, obviously he passes away. I think he knows that he's getting older. He's not getting any younger. Um, but they always find a way to ruin it somehow. And, and it just feels like they're going to get really close and, and they're not going to get it done. And I don't know. It's just gonna be super unfortunate. Because like Dom said, this does feel like the best that Dak is, has ever played. Um, and who knows if you're going to be able to get that from him again, or who knows if you're going to be able to keep that consistency because he is a very up and down kind of guy year to year. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Dom, Tampa Bay. I, I, I still kind of struggle with this um, because I think the way that the, the season kind of ended, I think the matchups that they have, well, the matchup that they have in the first round um, is pretty advantageous. I think that they kind of really caught fire towards the end of the season to to win the division. And this this team looks looks motivated and the defense looks pretty good and Baker's playing pretty well. Um so I, I think they've already exceeded expectations and they may continue to exceed expectations. I think that Baker Mayfield will prove why he should have been Still the starting quarterback in Cleveland. I uh I, I had the same sentiment uh that I put here with the Steelers and I said, How are we here? We looked at this division and we were like, Do any of these teams really deserve to be in the playoffs? I think what, like four or five weeks ago, but you know, I do think that Baker Mayfield flipped a switch. Not like he was playing awful before that, but he definitely played at a, a higher level. Um uh, for like a three or four week time span there. Um, and that would really kind of help propel them into this playoff spot. But, you know, this is a, a team that isn't necessarily great, but they, they do get it done. They do win games. I think they have the ability to, you know, sneak a game here or there, but um, I agree. I think, I think hopefully Baker puts on a good performance and, you know, he can find himself a permanent home there in Tampa for maybe at least five years. And, and give uh give them and himself a shot to to really be a productive team and quarterback within the league. But again, I, I just I don't know if they really belong <laughs> within the playoffs here within the rest of these teams. So uh Dom Philadelphia. Can the season be over already? I mean they, they kind of crashed and burned into the playoffs and now they potentially won't have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in in the game against Tampa Bay. Um, we don't know what the status of Jalen Hurts is. And their defense, beside their rush defense, like their, their passing defense has been pretty abysmal all year. Um, I think they'll be excited for the offseason and just excited to get this game over with. Offseason, here we come. Because I think that, like Dom said, they've been the biggest, I guess, disappointment towards the end of the season, and they just aren't as healthy as they should be. Yeah, I said um, 
they will continue to be one of the most suspect teams in the NFL. I think uh, as much talent's on that team, they just really, they've really let everybody down. They really let that fan base down. They really let themselves down. Um, and I just don't know if they can fix it. You know, I don't know what's wrong, but it just doesn't seem like everybody's playing to the ability that they should be playing at. And if there were a time for them to figure it out and get right, it would be right now. But I don't know. It seems like this year is kind of a wash and they need to go. They need to make some maybe adjustments within that coaching staff and uh, try to go back into next year and and go back at it again. Because they did start out really strong. Um, but I don't know. It's very interesting. Very interesting pathway that they took this year. All right. L.A. Rams, Dom? The future is bright. Um, even though Matthew Stafford, he's on the other side of 30, and you know he doesn't have his entire career ahead of him, uh, the, the young team that they have, especially on defense, um, and then you look at you know the, their offense, there, there's a lot of young pieces on this team that are going to keep this team really competitive going forward into the future and you know post- the Matthew Stafford era. Um, I don't know how far they'll go in the playoffs. I, I have them losing to Detroit in this week's game, but I think you have to be really optimistic if you're a Rams fan. And, hey, they have their first-round pick again this year, um, first time in who knows how long. So the fact that they've been able to build this young of a team that's this good uh, without a first-round pick for the last couple of years has been impressive. I think that... There is a lot of hope for the LA Rams considering where they were uh, at the start of the season. I said they might mess around and win it all. Um, I don't know if this is a team that can win it all, but I remember us talking about them at the beginning of the season. Like they were a piece of garbage blown in the wind. <laughs> and here they are. Think, well, in the playoffs. In defense, we all did. No, that's what I'm saying. We, yeah, we like we, not just us, but like the actual people that get paid to talk about sports. Um, they said the same shit too, and and here we are, Dom Green Bay. They did it again. Their quarterback situation. They did it again. It's, yeah. it's annoying, but hey, credit to them. They know how to develop quarterbacks, and they have a system in place that. Every other team in the round of the league really needs to learn from. This is honestly a complete shock uh, that Green Bay is in. And hopefully they can do something with it. I like uh, I like Dom's. <laughs> they did it again. That's a whole other conversation for another day. But I, I just wrote they, they will play hard and fast, and but it won't be enough. I think this is a young team. I think this is a team that is that is hungry, that is determined, and uh, and I think they'll be a tough out for anybody that they play. But I just don't, I don't think they have what it takes yet. But like Dom said, they did it again. How? And I think Jordan Love is is a guy that hopefully they can build around, and I think he's shown that. Um, I mean, his first season stats starting are identical. Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? Like that's uh 
or at least they were like, you know, I think before this last week going into the season, but pretty much very similar. So it is a, it is a very weird thing. And, uh, and who knows, who knows they might mess around and, and make some noise too. So there you go, guys. There's our, uh, there's our thoughts on what we expect from the teams going into the playoffs. Let's move on to more of like a, uh, I don't know if you would call it sadder. Maybe it's happier for some franchises. Obviously sad for the coaches and their families, but they call it Black Monday in the NFL. And uh, usually it's that first Monday after the season's over. And uh, teams make changes at the head coaching position. If you didn't see uh, the commanders cleared house, Falcons fired Arthur Smith, and uh, the Titans moved on from Mike Vrabel. Um I guess we'll uh we'll start with Dom here, you know, give your opinion on on these three moves here. Honestly, I think all three of them needed to happen. Um the commanders new ownership um wanting to make changes that are, you know, clearly necessary. Um as much as as much respect as I have for Ron Rivera, um I, this time was was up. Um they needed to make a change. Um uh, I be I know he had a pretty significant losing record um over the last couple of years. Uh a change is needed and you know if you're going to get rid of the head coach you might as well get rid of the entire staff. Um so I think it's it's an overhaul that that's been needed for this organization and honestly I would feel kind of optimistic about this organization going forward. Um the Falcons Arthur Smith needed to go um, him and his mustache needed to, to get out of Atlanta. And um, this is a team that, you know, you can make an argument kind of underachieved with the talent that they have around whatever quarterback that they have. Um, there, there's, there's definite talent there and start Arthur Smith. Just not, not the guy. Um, you know, I hoping for, for them, they're able to get a quarterback that's not Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke. And um, they can get a coach that um, has some experience and has a reputation of winning in the league. And because this is a team that really should be competing for an NFC South title next year. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I was kind of surprised by this, but it kind of makes sense. They moved on from their GM a couple couple years ago um, after the, the A.J. Brown trade. Um and, you know, it It kind of sucks when, you know, a voice goes kind of stale in a locker room or, you know, a, a head coach and GM aren't seeing eye to eye and changes need to be made. I think Mike Vrabel is a great coach, and I think he'll go on to a different organization and be, you know, very successful. But it just wasn't a good fit anymore in Tennessee. So, you know, I think all three of these moves needed to, needed to happen. I do think the first two definitely needed to happen. I mean, the commanders have new ownership, so the fact that they gave Ron Rivera and, you know, the rest of that, I guess, front office a year to be like, hey, can you do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that was nice enough, but the new owner was going to clear house regardless unless this team, you know, went on to win a championship. So I think this was inevitable. Um, especially since like the Sam Howe experiment really didn't work out the way I think they wanted it to. 
for Arthur Smith, this is what I have written down. I said, other than every Chargers head coach ever, he has, he's another guy that's done so little with so much talent. I mean, this Falcons roster has so much talent on it. And, you know, he has managed to do nothing with it. I mean, the way that he used Kyle Pitts, the way that he used Drake London, the way that he used B. John Robinson, like it, it just seemed like he mismanaged everything. Um, the way that he managed the quarterback position this year, like was Desmond Ritter perfect? No, but to flip-flop back and forth between him and Heineke, I think really ruined Desmond Ritter's confidence, um, especially when I don't really think he was playing all that awful for a guy who was in his first year starting. Um, to to do that, to mismanage that situation, I, I, just, I just don't think he was a very good head coach. Um, he may be a good coordinator. He may be really smart at football. Obviously, he has that position for a reason, but managing a football team really just wasn't in the cards for him. Um, when it comes to Mike Vrabel, the the thing I wrote down for this was this one was confusing. You know, like I know that the Titans had a down year, but I mean, you got to think they didn't really have Ryan Tannehill most of the year. He was hurt. Um, I think. You know, him trying to figure out whether Levis or uh, Malik Willis was the guy to go forward. Like, Derrick Henry really isn't himself anymore. Um, Still productive enough, but he's just not the Derrick Henry of old. So I would have liked to see Vrabel get the opportunity to maybe, I guess, adjust this roster and see what he could have done after the Derrick Henry era in Tennessee. You know what I mean? I think that would have been interesting. And I don't think he really did that bad of a job while he was there, but I think he'll be one of those guys that'll be pretty sought after with the openings that are available. I think that two of them are worth doing. I think for the commanders and the Falcons commanders, I think the new front office is trying to move on from the previous front office I guess you could say that at least the ownership, I should say, not necessarily the front office, the ownership trying to move on from the old ownership. Um, I completely agree with your assumption of Arthur Smith. So much talent on that team has done nothing with it. And then I don't understand the Mike Vrabel thing. Maybe the front office thought this was maybe a dying system and it was time to move on. I don't know. Um, but like you said, I he should have been given the shot to readjust this team. Yeah. I don't know. Let's know what you guys think at home. Like I said, the Mike Verbal one was kind of weird for me, but the other two made a lot of sense. <laughs> All right. Next topic here. Players saying goodbye this week. Um, or at least it felt like it to me. So you had Justin Fields and Derrick Henry both, you know, like, kind of saying goodbye to the fans like Justin Fields was like hey you know if this was the last game that I played thank you so much like Derrick Henry literally saying goodbye to the fans um I think Derrick Henry even in his post-game speech thanked you know pretty much all the staff that he had played with over the years so it almost kind of feels like these guys know that the writing's on the wall and, and their time is coming to an end with these teams but 
I'm just interested to hear your guys' opinion. You know, like if they do end up moving on to new teams next year, you know, what in your mind are are your kind of top destinations for these guys? I'll start with David. I think that for me, for Fields, it's pretty much any team that needs a quarterback but doesn't have a plan or not necessarily a plan. Yeah, necessarily a plan with the quarterback room that they have. So, like, I see that Dom has the Steelers, Saints, Vikings, Giants. I would say I would not include the Giants because unless they buy out Daniel Jones's contract, I don't know what their quarterback room is going to look like. That's exactly what I was assuming. Yeah, you know, the, the the dead cap for them is is manageable for a team, you know, in their situation. Mm. Um, but I can definitely see the Steelers. I can see the possibly the Vikings, but I don't know where why he would go necessarily go there considering the offensive line might be kind of the same situation that he had in Chicago. It might only be a little bit better, but not nothing much. The only thing that they would have would be Justin Jefferson. And that's if he's still there. Well, the, I mean, Justin Fields has to be traded. So, I mean, really doesn't really get to pick where he goes. I mean, they could, they could trade him to the Guangdong Tigers if they wanted to, but I think uh well that's not even a team. <laughs> that's not, not even a team. A team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. What about Derek Henry for you, David? It's hard to say. Um I would say either Bills or maybe even maybe even the Browns cuz it's like the Browns do successful when they have a two running back system. I mean, you saw it with Kareem Hunt and you saw it in Nick Chubb. Both were still, you got a really good running back in Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, while might have been on the downside of his career, was still no slouch during the majority of his career here. So I can I can see Bills and Browns. Bills, yes. Browns, I see what you're saying. And I do agree two running back system for the Browns makes sense, but you need one of those running backs to be able to catch balls out of the backfield. And neither Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry are going to do that in a way that you would <laughs> be successful with. Basically they're the same. They're kind of the same running back. Um, just Derrick Henry is way bigger and a lot more is able to kind of be a little bit more physical, but um, the Browns one would be, would be one that would make sense maybe in the early season if, like, maybe Nick Chubb wasn't ready to go. Um, and, I mean, again, it's like the quarterback position. Maybe the backup running back is an important position to have as well, too, and, and to have two guys that you're not going to wear a ton on the tread, and when you get to the playoffs, like, you can really just kind of out-physical everybody. That would be interesting, but I just don't know if that's a it's a viable destination, so... Uh, Dom, what are your uh, top destinations here for Fields and Henry? Well, David kind of stole my thunder a little bit um, with uh, Justin Fields, but I think the Steelers, um, Saints make the most sense. Um, you know, they they need – both teams kind of need a reset. Um, the Saints have a lot of cap issues, so I don't know. They, they'd obviously have to trade Derek Carr, um, which could – be kind of messy. There'd be a lot of moving pieces with that. 
Um, I think that the Steelers and Giants are the most likely ones. The Vikings being in the same division as the Bears, um, the Vikings would have to be pretty desperate uh, for a quarterback to make that trade happen. But I do think that it could work. I I would love to see Justin Fields with Justin Jefferson um, and Jordan Addison up there in Minnesota. Um, but I think that one's the the least likely out of all of them. Uh, Derrick Henry, I was looking at teams that either are heavy run offenses or need an upgrade at, at running back to still be competitive. Uh, so the Ravens, um, as much as I would hate to see that, um, they're a team that they rotate, you know, three to four different running backs in. Keaton Mitchell, I think, is a guy that they were planning on having be their future uh, starting running back, but he went down with a torn ACL. Um, we know the uh, injury issues with J.K. Dobbins at this point. Um, as much as I like J.K., um, being the former Buckeye that he is, um, I think at this point it's best for him just to shut it down and just, you know, look to the future outside of football and be able to walk and, um, you know, have a functional life outside of football. But, you know, Justice Hill and um, – Oh my God, what's their other running back? Gus Edwards. Um, you know, they're a good tandem, but I think adding Derrick Henry to really have a, a good three back system would be great for them. Um, the Bills make a lot of sense. You can pair him with James Cook. He wouldn't have to be the main running back anymore. He can kind of split the workload with James Cook there. Um, and they wouldn't have to bring in Leonard Fournette off the street in week 18 to kind of get them by. Um, the Packers, um, Aaron Jones, and their other running back. Was it A.J. Dillon? The, yeah, A.J. Dillon. Both of them are always hurt. Um, I think, you know, both of them, you know, could be – Derrick Henry could, would be an upgrade over both of them. And, again, they can either do a three-running back split or, um, you know, they can they can keep – two of them, but um, the other team that I thought would kind of be interesting would be the Cardinals. I think they're pretty set at quarterback. Um, I think Kyler played well enough uh, when he came back from injury to kind of show, hey, I could be the guy going forward. Um, I think they're going to probably draft Marvin Harrison Jr. in the first round and then bringing in Derrick Henry as, as a running back. I think that could be a pretty exciting offense. Yeah, I had really similar teams. Like, for Fields, I think the best spot for him would probably be the Falcons, depending on who they bring in as a head coach. I just think that they have they have a lot of good... With, with Bijan, with Kyle Pitts, with Drake London, I think there's enough talent there that that makes sense for him. Um, and, and they're a good young upcoming team. I, I think he's not going to take too much of the cap even when he gets a second contract. So that would be a good spot for him. Um, as a Steelers fan, totally biased. I think he would be amazing there. But it, again, it kind of depends on the offensive coordinator that they're able to bring in and, and what they really want to do. But I think George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are a really good pair. I think they have a really good tight end room. Um, Najee and Jalen Warren are a good one-two punch. I do think they need to upgrade the offensive line just a little bit more, a little bit more tweaks. Um, they have a few guys on that offensive line that are that are really good, but they need a couple more, and I think that, that he'd be in a good situation there with that defense. The other one was the Commanders. 
for me, I feel like that's a good team because I do feel like they have a lot of good weapons. They're just so misused. Um, and and mainly because I just I really want Terry McLaurin to have a good quarterback. It really just it hurts my soul that he's just wasting away there. Um I think this might was this the first year that he didn't have a thousand yards receiving? I, I can't, but I think every year that he's been in the league, he's he had a thousand yards receiving and he had like 20 billion different quarterbacks. So I just uh I just really want him to have somebody who can get him the ball and and I think Justin Fields can be that guy. Um, when it comes to Henry, I kind of went the same route with you guys. The Bills and the Ravens make a lot of sense. Listen, they're win now teams. Um, they have, you know, good solid quarterbacks. The Ravens are very much a run first team. But one team that you guys didn't mention that I think would be a fun team for him to join uh, would be the Texans. Like, I think when you look I at that about that when you look at that roster, like they're young. Um, his veteran presence would be super important there. Um, and they really wouldn't need to lean on him to be the focal point of that offense because CJ is going to be the guy, you know what I mean? So like, they just need him to go out there and run the ball and they still have Devin Singletary. Like, I think that they could have a nice one, two tandem. Um, and I think if they could bring in maybe Derrick Henry and then maybe another like wide receiver in the off season, maybe they can go out and get like a, a T Higgins and free agency or something like that. Um, give CJ another weapon. I think that that team would definitely elevate and find themselves back in the playoffs again next year. But that's kind of, that was my one. I think the Texans for me would be a very, would be more of a long shot. Cause I just don't know if that's necessarily where he would want to go, but, um, but I think it would be a really good opportunity for the Texans and, and CJ to have him there. So, and they'd have the cap space to do it. So it'd be very fun. Um, all right, last topic here before we go over the final award predictions of the season for us. Um, if you guys didn't see, basically at the end of that Saints-Falcons game, you know, the Saints went into victory formation, and then it was almost like a fake victory formation. They handed the ball off. Um, was it Jamal Williams for the touchdown? You know, obviously a lot of people are like, ah, that was kind of in bad taste. Um, you know, Arthur Smith was was pissed <laughs> um, at the end of that game. Uh, just not good sportsmanship. After Afterwards, you know, the players were kind of being um, interviewed. They said, hey, yeah, like we kind of decided that. Jameis Winston seemed like he was kind of the guy that really pushed for it. Um, even though it was not something that Dennis Allen wanted to do. He wanted them to go into victory formation. I think they had asked him if they could do it and he said no, um, but they did it anyway. So a lot of the rhetoric at this point, especially when you listen to Stephen A. Smith and uh, Shannon Sharp, um, they said two things. First, Jameis Winston has to be cut. And second, that Dennis Allen has to be fired because they don't believe that he has the locker room's respect anymore. Um, and that the actions of the players by doing that showed that even though it was kind of like a, a goodwill, like, Hey, we want to get our boy a touchdown. Like the fact that they went behind his back and, and went so as far as to fake, you know what I mean? And kneel down, not even like go out there and just blatantly line up for the run. Like they, f they knew that if they did that, he would probably try to stop it. They just faked the kneel down and gave him the ball. So um, Dom, what's your 
your thoughts on this, you know, I just guess in general, this whole kind of weird encounter that, that went on. I don't even know if you can call it. I, mean, I completely but... agree with uh, Shannon Sharp and Steve J. Smith. Uh, De- Dennis Allen has to go because he doesn't have a locker room. And Jameis needs to get cut. But, I mean, really, any anyone that was involved in, in messing with the play and going behind the coach's back needs to get cut. Um, because clearly, you know, it, it shows lack of character. And... You know, if, if you're going to disrespect this coach, you know, if we keep you on the roster, who, how are we going to believe that you're not going to do it to our next coach? Um, so I'd have a zero tolerance for that. I think, you know, everyone involved needs needs to go. All right, David. While I do agree with Dom and uh, Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp to a degree, Here's the thing. Was it a one-time thing or was it a multiple-time thing? Because there's a, to me, there's a difference. If it's a one-off and I think there should be punishment, yes, for everyone involved. But there's a difference between a one-off and multiple times. If they can show that this happened multiple, multiple times, then... Yeah, everyone needs to go. Then, but if it's a one-off thing, then I think that the punishment needs to be, I guess, equivalent to a one-off thing, but still need to be severe to not let it happen again. I, I, um, I see both your points. I, I do agree with with both. I think, I think first, like with Dom, you know, for me. I don't think you can just get rid of one. I think you have to get rid of everybody involved. Like Dom said, I think like if you were just to cut the players that were involved, like all that's going to do is just create a very divisive locker room. You know what I mean? Cause the guys are going to be like, they're going to rally around that kind of mentality um, because they look out for each other. So if you get rid of the guys, then then the Dennis Allen's still not going to have the respect and he may even have less respect. Um, if you just get rid of Dennis Allen, then like Don said, like <laughs> who, who's saying they're not going to do it to the next guy that walks in the room. Um, but I do agree with David too. Like I, I think that similar to the, um, Jerry Alexander thing where he went out to do the coin flip when he wasn't supposed to, um, and he almost botched it. I think that you have to look at the guys involved and there has to be some sort of punishment. And I don't know if cutting them, like I said, is really going to send the right message that you want. Um, but I do think a fine, a suspension, I think that that's definitely in line if that's the route that you go. Um, if this was a one-time thing, it's just tough because they basically like bragged about not listening to their head coach to the media on national television. You know what I mean? That's the That's the problem that they sat there and just and basically were like yeah he told us not to do it but we were like yeah fuck you you know what i mean that's the that's the real problem I mean, with this if any of us did that in any of our jobs would we expect to keep our jobs it, you, no no oh. so why 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 would this be any different you yeah. you can't have such blatant disrespect for 
your superiors in an organization and expect to not have ramifications. And if it's this blatant, just get by with a slap on the wrist because this kind of behavior happens when people aren't scared of what the consequences of their actions are. Mm. And it's something that you're seeing around the league now. It, clearly, these guys don't respect authority. You know, you got Jair Alexander just walking out there, making himself a captain and, and messing up the the coin flip. You got half the Saints offense disrespecting the coach, you know, and changing the play at the at the line of scrimmage like that and then bragging about it. Like, it, certain things shouldn't be tolerated. And to me, it doesn't matter if it was a one-time thing or if they do it every week. There's certain things that you shouldn't have any tolerance for. And I think this blatant disrespect for authority is is one of them. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think you can do one or the other. I don't think you can fire Dennis Allen and not cut those guys. And I don't think you can cut those guys and not fire Dennis Allen. I think you have to do both. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to. Because <laughs> if they were, they already would have. Um so I think those guys are going to get away with it and Dennis Allen is going to keep his job and we'll kind of see what that does to the locker room moving forward. And I don't know, maybe we were all played. Maybe Dennis Allen said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to play the denial game and, and, and you guys, you guys play your role and, and we'll all move on from it. <laughs> I don't know, but it is a very uh, interesting situation and we'll kind of watch how it unfolds throughout this off season and next year. Mm-hmm.